Blog Talk Radio. The Four Persons, Inc. is a federally registered and licensed 501c3 charity. Any use of any of our content without our permission is prohibited by law. Our purpose is evangelization, education, and social action. Please go to our website at thefourpersons.com or our blog site at thefourpersons.net to make your tax-deductible donation by credit or debit card. You can also send a check to The Four Persons, Inc., P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. To contact us, send us an email at email at thefourpersons.com. You are listening to The Four Persons Show on Blog Talk Radio. We are your enthusiastic and faithful Catholic apostolate. For more information about what we do, go to our show page at thefourpersons.com and our blog site at thefourpersons.net. To call in tonight with your comment or question, dial 515-602-9655. The number, again, is 515-602-9655. You don't know me, but I'm your brother. I was raised here in this living hell. You don't know my kind in you.
Well, everybody, got to be honest with you, if I didn't know it was Thursday, I would just say that it was a day ending in Y. <laughs> it's been that kind of a week. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's just been a whirlwind of a week for me. But anyway, it's Thursday night. It's taking it to the streets night. <clears throat> tonight, if you're looking for a brawl between me and Terry uh, tonight, you're going to be disappointed. That's not what's going on tonight. We're just having a discussion. Um, you know, obviously, we see some things different. We have uh, different perspectives, and that's fine. I mean that's the way the the, the world the world works. Um, at at the end of the day, the two of us uh, share one thing, and that is our love for Jesus Christ and his and his Catholic Church. And and each of us are motivated by you know what we see as best for that church, and and what we see as as the threats to that church. And and I'm going to start by saying that. You know, we agree on a, a lot more than we disagree on. I, I want to start by saying that I think the principal, you know, disagreements with Francis are not about anything that he has actually said or done. I mean, in the last few weeks, for instance, he's reaffirmed that marriage is between a man and a woman. He has reaffirmed that women cannot be priests. He has reaffirmed that a person in a state of mortal sin cannot receive communion. He has reaffirmed two days ago that Catholics cannot be Freemasons. So on issue after issue after issue, this Pope has fallen in line with Catholic teaching. Now I have to be fair. All of the Popes of my lifetime... Pope Francis is easily my least favorite. Uh, I'm just being honest. Um, And uh, I'll leave it up to the Holy Spirit to decide which Pope is best or which Pope is the uh, right for the right time. But um, there are things that that Pope Francis um, does, frankly, that drive me crazy. Um, his communication office, whoever is in charge of it, needs to be fired immediately. They have the worst communication office I've ever seen. And I don't like the people that Pope Francis associates himself with. And I don't like the fact that he's not willing to take action against some of those people. Father James Martin, the priest who is openly promoting the radical gay agenda. Bishop, uh, Bishop Gregory of Washington, D.C., who has publicly proclaimed that he will not deny communion to Joe Biden. I, I'm like you guys. I'm, I'm outraged by this. I can't make any sense out of it. And when the Pope does take action against somebody like a Bishop Strickland or somebody like a Father Pavone, even though those actions are justified, and we'll get into that, 
it's sullied by the fact that, wait a minute, you're not being even-handed here. Why are you taking action against a Bishop Strickland, but you're not taking action against a Bishop Gregory? To me, it's not that he should take action against Bishop Gregory and not take action against Bishop Strickland. Uh, to me, he should be taking action against both of them. So I'm not one of these people that thinks that Pope Francis is you know, the greatest pope of all time. He's definitely not the greatest pope of my lifetime, in, in my view. I wouldn't. I think if you go all the way back to Pius X at the beginning of the 20th century, and you know the last 10 popes, I think he would rank 10th out of the 10. I'm just being open about that. That's just my humble opinion. But I think he would rank 10th out of the 10. Do I think he ranks among the worst popes in the history of the church? No, I think that's that's taking it a little farther to the other extreme. During the Middle Ages, we had some pretty horrible popes popes that were involved in the selling of office, folks, folks that were involved in murder and, 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 and adultery and um, all, all kinds of corruption and everything. Anyway, I, I, I've gone on long enough. Let me bring on Terry. Terry, how you doing this evening? Oh, pretty good, man. I'm sorry if y'all can hear the uh, travel noise. I'm driving back home from a, a site visit in Cleveland. So I, I know how um, I know that Pope Francis is not one of your all-time favorite popes, and 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 we agree on that. Uh, I I um, honestly I think if some historian did a ranking of all the popes uh, of, in the history of the Catholic Church, did some objective ranking, he probably would rank somewhere in the middle of the pack, uh, not one of the greatest, not one of the worst, uh, but. Um, you know, I, I certainly don't put him on the level of a John Paul II or a, or a Benedict XVI or, or, or someone like that. Um, on the other hand, Terry, I just want to say this. Um, I think a lot of the criticism that Pope Francis gets is reflective of the world that he's in. I mean, we, we, you know, we've never had a world, at least in my lifetime, that is as hostile, openly hostile to the Catholic Church, openly hostile to Christianity in general, openly hostile to the message of the gospel. And, you know, we live in a world where things like human trafficking, sex trafficking of children is becoming the norm. Uh, the, the wholesale slaughter of children and abortion Terry, we live in a in a sick, sick world. Um, there's there's just no getting around it. So, anyway, I, I, I just I want to hear your comments. Well, um, I I wanted to have uh, be sitting down with my notebook and uh, all my facts front of me. Uh, obviously, I don't have that because I'm driving. But uh, I think that uh, a lot of what's going on is uh, intentional uh, manipulation of the system. I think a lot of the things that uh, Pope Francis is, is trying to uh, 
the route that Pope Francis is trying to get the church to get on, he knows he can't get that done in a magisterial council. And so he creates these various synods like he did in uh, the Synod on the Family. And he don't come out and, and you know, unambiguously make these, these, these changes. He, he creates a, a, a gigantic document like uh, uh, more Statistia. It's the, the, the largest uh, papal exhortation in the history of the Catholic Church. And he places a little footnote that is so ambiguous that it can be read, you know, many different ways. And he waits for, uh, in this case, the, the Argentinian uh, bishop to interpret it and say, well, this is what we think it means. And then he says, yes, you have the only correct interpretation. Again, never actually saying outright that the uh, what he called uh, irregular situations, which were very clearly adulterous relationships where uh, the civilly divorced and remarried are uh, able to receive the sacrament. Um, so he doesn't come out and make that doctrinal by, you know, unambiguously stating it. But what he does is, is he creates uh, an aura of confusion that, that allows priests to start doing these practices which are not in line with with uh with Catholic teaching with the deposit of faith, you know. So on a, if I I know we've had some really bad posts. So is he the worst of all time? Uh probably not. Uh, but uh I, I wouldn't put him in the middle either. Uh, he'd be he'd be down here on the on the on the lower there's been 266, so yeah, I think he would be uh, way down there, like way down there. Okay, so so let's just say, for instance, he's and the reason 200- isn't so much the reason isn't so much of you know I'm you know like he hasn't uh, forcefully in, incarcerated a rival or or uh, um, dug up and uh, another pope that he didn't like and put him on trial, the, you know, physical action. But the, the the undermining of the deposit of faith, I know he can't change uh, magisterial teaching. I know the Holy Spirit will not allow the doctrine of the Catholic Church to be changed. But in practice, I think he's, he's he's trying to change practices in the Catholic Church that have been forbidden, you know, since the beginning. So, um, all right. So let me let me respond to that. Let me kind of walk through that, and I want to walk through it in two in, in two two different ways. Uh, first, I'm going to give my opinion, and then I'm going to state, you know, the church's position. So. My opinion is um, I, I disagree with you. I, I do not believe that Pope Francis has any um, malice of intent. 
I do not believe that he's trying to change any doctrine. Um, I just think he's a terrible communicator. Uh, what you're referring to, some have referred to, they've used this term, weaponized ambiguity. And, and in a nutshell, it is that he's doing exactly what you are asserting, that he's deliberately being ambiguous in order to give himself uh, some wiggle room. Um, now, I, I don't think that's, that's, that's it at all. I, I clearly see what I believe that Pope Francis is trying to do. I really believe that I see what Pope Francis is trying to convey. And I just believe he's doing a terrible job of conveying it, that he's, it's a terrible job of communication. So let me tell you what I think that message is, what I see as that message uh, because uh, if you go in and you look at some of the language that he's used, this is this really does seem to be the message that he's trying to convey. He's trying to draw a very clear and very important distinction. And that distinction is between the unrepentant sinner who flaunts his sin and the repentant and even struggling and addicted sinner who is um, really struggling against his sin, trying to overcome his sin, uh, maybe even despondent and despairing of his inability to overcome his sin. And that person is deserving of mercy. Now, Terry, let me ask you this question, a hypothetical question. If I am correct, and I know you don't think that I am, but if I am correct, isn't that the gospel message? Yes, yes it is. And and I'm going to say, you know, because I'm just like you, and even just like Bishop Strickland, Bishop Strickland isn't a part of the post inner circle. So we're, we're assuming uh, or given our opinion based on a set of facts that we see, right? And uh, that could be wrong or it could be right. We don't know. I've never sat down and, and talked with Pope Francis. Um, but if you're, if you're, are you, are you still there? Mm-hmm. Hello? Okay. If you are correct, then I will say this. As far as papal leadership, if you're correct, I will go on record as saying he is one of the worst leaders in in church history because a lot of that stuff could, with a few sentences out of his own mouth, could be corrected. Mm-hmm. I can't dispute what you're saying. It, it's um, um, <coughs> the fecklessness in responding to some of this stuff, like when they were reporting that the Pope said there's no hell. And he absolutely did not say that. But the, the fecklessness in responding to that was just, was astounding. <clears throat> was astounding. Now I'm going to go the other, the other route. And I'm going to give the assumption that I'm wrong and you're correct. And that he does actually have nefarious intent. If that is true, and, and I do not believe that it is, but if that is true, 
I'm still not worried. And the reason why I'm not worried is because I believe in the doctrine of papal infallibility, and I believe that the Holy Spirit will prevent this pope or any pope from binding us in any doctrine or teaching that violates the law of God. And what do I base that on? I base that on the words of Jesus when he said, What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So if Pope Francis got up tomorrow morning and decided, You know what? I'm going to impose a law on the entire universal church that sodomy is not only allowed but required. I'm going to require sodomy among every Catholic. If he were to have that nefarious intent and attempt to do that, the Holy Spirit, by any means necessary, would stop it. And if that meant that the Holy Spirit would strike Pope Francis dead to prevent him from passing that edict, I believe that's what would happen. So we as Catholics have to understand that. And we have to move in faith. And that's what our whole religion is about. Our whole religion is about faith. It's about believing what we cannot see. When the priest holds that host up and says, the body of Christ, your eyes are telling you that it's a piece of bread. But Jesus told you, no, this is my body. When the waters of baptism are poured over the infant's head, it looks like The priest is just pouring water over the baby. But Jesus told us that this is how you are regenerated. This is how you are born again. And at the end of the day, the world is not going to win. The world is not going to... We can have all the synods that we want to have until the end of time, and there are not going to be any women priests. There's not going to be any gay marriage. Uh, there's not going to be any uh, uh, reversing of the, of the ban on Freemasons. There's not going to be any accepting of abortion in the Catholic Church. Not going to happen, ever. Because at the end of the day, whether or not you believe in Pope Francis, we need to believe in Jesus. And that is why... I believe that it is possible. Now, I don't, I can't speak for God, Terry, but I believe that it is possible that Pope Francis is the right Pope for our time, and I'm going to tell you what I base that on. If there's anything that this church needs, there's anything that the body of Christ needs right now, it's humility and obedience. And I think that maybe God has given us a Pope that is so confusing that is so erratic, that is so sometimes incoherent in what he says, that it forces us to be obedient and humble. Because there's so many things that this Pope says and this Pope does that don't seem to make any sense. Why this Pope has not excommunicated, defrocked, laicized Pope Bishop Gregory I'm I'm sorry, Bishop Gregory is a a complete mystery to me. It's not something that I can fathom. Or or, or, or McCarrick. I mean, 
I mean, everybody was up in arms during the, the summer of shame, of uh, uh, all the scandals dealing with McCarrick. And Francis made him a cardinal. Now, I know he, well, I think he recently undid that, but McCarrick is still part of his inner circle. Why? Yeah. And I, I mean, that I was don't... one of the most scandalous events of, of, of my time in the church, you know. And I don't, I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. Um, Tuto Fernandez, the guy who wrote "Heal Me with Your Mouth," he made him to put him in the in the in the, in the, as the uh, CDF director. I mean, how is that? A, and then you know, like Cardinal Sarah, Sarah, he he kind of, I mean, basically forced him to retire. Um, you know, it's like. The, the good and holy priests and bishops that are are you know def, you know defending the faith, praying for the unborn, doing the things the Catholic clergy should be doing, is like he's 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 uh, getting rid of them and surrounding himself with people that that you know uh, personally. I mean, you got a question? Why would you surround yourself with perverts? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, all I can do is speculate. Maybe God is trying to convert those people. Maybe. I don't know. Again, again, and that, that goes back to us not really being in our inner circle, so we can't say with 100% certainty uh, this, you know, either you're right or I'm right or you're wrong or I'm wrong because we, uh, we're just we're trying to analyze the facts as we see them, right? But we, but and, we agree on this. You and I agree on this. When when we see Father James Martin speak and listen to the things that he says, both of us want to throw up. The the the, the vomit that he puts out is just it's it's outrageous. Um, but but let's 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 look at this, okay? Joe Biden has been in political office for a long time, going all the way back yeah. to 1972. So the Catholic Church has a long history of not censoring Joe Biden, of not censoring Nancy Pelosi, uh, Ted Kennedy when he was alive, um, scandalized the, the name of the Catholic Church. So these things are mysteries to us. They don't make any sense to us. Um, I would like and, to add one thing. uh, uh, uh uh, John, if you don't mind, uh, because I do want to make a correction that even though they weren't censored from the Vatican, um, Nancy Pelosi's uh, bishop did uh, say that she could not receive communion, but that was in San Francisco, and, and so Gregory, mm-hmm. Bishop Gregory allowed her to receive it in D.C., even though her diocesan bishop said no. So right. there there are a few people who are are speaking the truth, you know. No, I, I agree with you, but I believe that that condemnation, that excommunication should have come from the top. I believe I that Pope Pope Francis should uh should have been the one and and then when you when you couple that with the fact that Pope Francis has been open in his 
uh, attacks and his criticisms of Donald Trump. Now, I, I'll be honest with you, I got some problems with Donald Trump. I don't, I don't agree with everything that Donald Trump does. I don't agree with the way that he acts, his constant braggadocio and grandstanding. Um, but, hey, listen, if the choice for me is between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, it's Donald Trump every day of the week and three times on Sunday. If that's the if that's the choice that I that that I have to make, um, and I I sense your frustration. I understand your frustration. Um, I, I don't I don't uh, believe that Pope Francis is malevolent, but boy, I I think he he surrounds himself with some very very questionable people, and and I I don't. It, it's kind of hard to to see, to understand why he can't see what we see apparently with some of the people that he supports and surrounds himself with. Um, but by the same token, every time that that it's come down to brass tacks and he's had to define a doctrine and state a Catholic Church position, it comes out on the right side. And and I think a lot of that is uh, 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 that's that's the source of a lot of the frustration that when you speak out morally, but then you surround yourself with people that take up the opposite view, the opposite opinion, and it's created a lot of confusion. And some of the best Catholics that I know are are deeply, deeply, deeply confused and deeply, deeply concerned. And frankly, a lot of them would would. Uh, you know, as as Bishop Benedict, uh, as Pope Benedict stepped down, there was a lot of people that would love to see, you know, Pope Francis step down and, and give somebody else another, you know, a, a, a shot. Um, I, I don't think that's anything that's 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 well, in the works. He's appointed, I think he's appointed like seventy percent of the cardinals. So, um, you know, like his his constant meetings with the World Health Organization and other, um, and yeah, I don't want to get into conspiracy uh, theories, but it seems like uh, his ecumenism has has surpassed, you know, what the Catholic Church has always meant by ecumenism is is you know basically to convert everybody to Catholicism. That's I you know I, that's what I'm on board with. I believe the Catholic Church is the the one true church started by Jesus Christ, and I think that everybody in the world should be Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the purpose of the purpose of ecumenism should be to explain to everybody else why we, we what we have is better than what they have. Exactly. So, not not to me. It seems like. It seems like he's trying to make it where, like, okay, all let's all religions come together, like in a, in, in a you know something you would read in a fictional novel about a one-world government, you know. Well, this is one of the reasons why. I mean, you know, I'm against that kind of universalist thought. This is one of the reasons why I'm against Medjugorje, because that was one of the central messages of Medjugorje. Oh, all religions are the same. You know, God God respects all religions. No, that's not what I read in the Bible. 
That's not what I read. I I read there is one name under heaven by which men will be saved. That's what I. And that's I what heard I read. The, 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 you know, the argument of you know, like during the Pachamama incident, that Pope Francis didn't know. I can't. I can't argue on that because I don't know Pope Francis. I can say what happened was scandalous, and that he should have known, or somebody around him should have known. Um, I can say that after the fact when it made front page headlines all over the world, he should have came out and said, I didn't know. I thought it was the Virgin Mary. Um, it's just either he's a ter- either he has a, a bad agenda or he is just a completely terrible, terrible leader. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's the latter rather than the former. I, I think that is is his communication office manager is is either unbelievably corrupt or the most inept person that walked ever walked the face of the earth um because the messaging coming out of, now you know that being said in context are we've never had a time when the world was more hostile to the Catholic Church than it is now. But that makes the messaging all that much more important. You would have right. the absolute so right person. Like, in, a, in a time like this, and I agree, in a time like this, why would you give words like uh, uh, tradition and, and, and rigid, why would you give them a negative connotation? In this day and age, we should be rigid in our faith. We should cling to uh, Second Thessalonians what is it, uh, 215, the tradition handed on by the church? Well, this is Why what's known as... Why would you give those a negative connotation, you know? Yeah, this is, this is what's known as the equivocation fallacy. When you have a word that uh, is open to, uh, you know, many different meanings, uh, and you apply the same definition of all of the different meanings, okay, Um you know, let, let's take the word bear, okay? A, a, a bear can either be an animal in the wild or a, way, a weight that you carry, okay? Yeah. And, and, it's a, and it's a big difference on which which one of the uh, those two meanings that you're using, okay? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I agree with you that, you know, but the example, take the example that you just gave. Um, Pope Francis should have said, okay, it's okay to be rigid here, but it's not okay to be rigid here. And give examples where rigid, you know, like the word tolerance. This is another example that we hear, tolerance. Oh, everybody should be tolerant. Well, tolerant of what? Tolerant of people? Yes. Tolerant of of people's uh, shortcoming and personality traits? Uh, emotional problems? Yes. Should we be tolerant of sin? No, absolutely not. We shouldn't be tolerant of sin. So, you know, but but we we get this blanket use tolerance. Okay. Uh, another example: love. Love is another word that's misused. All right. Love in terms of wanting what's best for the other person. Yes, that love. 
love in terms of feelings, feelings that cause me to do stupid and selfish things. No, that's not love. Love is not something that's self-destructive. You know, my daughter asked me one time years ago, can two gay, do I believe that two acting gay people can love each other? I said, no, they can't. They can't. Two unrepentant gay people are not capable of love for each other. Why? Because love is not a feeling. Love is an action. Love is willing what's best for the other person. And when you're acting in a way that is mutually degrading each other's bodies and mutually endangering each other's souls, how can you call that love? That's not love by any definition of love that I would ascribe to. So it's the abuse of language. And, um, you know, to me the bottom line is if Pope Francis can't make his points uh, in a clear enough manner, then he needs to get somebody who can. He needs to get somebody who's, who's a spokesman who can say, no, this is what Pope Francis meant. This is what Pope Francis said. This is what Pope Francis meant, period, end of story. But instead, it would be nice. That, that would be nice if every now and then uh, somebody would come out and and give some clarification. Um, I mean, going back to them two terms, traditional and rigid. Um, I mean, he 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 made that statement, and then he backed it up by by uh, restricting the traditional Latin mass. I mean, what what is the good in that? In 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 Almost every, not every diocese, there, there are some exceptions, but in almost every diocese, the, the, the ones that had the, the most growth, the most baptisms, and, and frankly uh, was more financially well off, were those that had the FSSP and the, the other uh, uh, priests, uh, uh, Societies that offered the traditional Latin Mass. So he he, he gave well, that statement I mean, about clearly there were clearly abuses among some of the people that promoted Latin Mass. They used it as a, a, a you know they declared the the Novus Ordo is invalid. They used it to attack okay. the Vatican II. I agree. I, I'm not talking about them. SSSP rather, was not I, one of well, those. Let me finish. Let me finish my let me finish my thought. Okay. But rather than deal directly with the abusers, he kind of painted with a broad brush and just said, "Okay, we're just going to do away with, you know, the Latin Mass, except under these extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary circumstances, you can do the Latin Mass." So basically, to to use the expression, he threw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, I, I, I do think in that case, I do think it was an overreaction. Uh, I think that, that he could have taken steps in each of those churches to deal with the, the people who were the abusers, to deal with the people who were uh, the extremists, uh, and still allowed people to you know, participate in, in, in the Latin Mass. And uh, the Latin Mass is a beautiful Mass. I know uh, a lot of people prefer prefer the Latin Mass, um, and that's fine. Uh, so as long as they're not declaring the Novus Ordo to be an invalid Mass, because it's not. Um, 
to me, I'll be honest with you, I prefer the Novus Ordo simply because my grasp of Latin isn't what it should be yet. I'm trying to learn, but it's not where it should be yet. So, uh, you know, at, at this point, I prefer to go to Novus, Novus Ordo. But I understand and appreciate those who prefer to go to Latin Mass. Now, it, there's 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 a, a whole line of things like this. Like, for instance, uh, receiving communion on the tongue. I can't receive communion in my hands. I, I can't bring myself to do that. Uh, I just can't. Okay? But am I going to judge the next person in line who receives it in their hands? I'm not going to judge that person. I don't know that person's soul. Uh, I do think a much bigger problem, a much bigger failure in the church is you got people that are getting in the communion line without first going to the confession line. There are people in mortal sin receiving our Lord's body and blood, and that is a sacrilege. Uh, I think that's a much bigger problem uh, in the church. But um, I I do feel like that the, the, the sense that Pope Francis overreacted on the Latin Mass. I, I can I can see those. I can understand those feelings. I, I think there's some there's some legitimacy to that to that sentiment that he could have dealt with the abusers uh, in such a way as to not take away something that is. Uh, in other words, he he, he punished some people that were doing absolutely nothing wrong uh, for the sake of punishing some people who obviously were doing wrong. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny at work. I had this exact same situation at work. We had a big meeting at work. All the people were called in the, in, in the meeting and the, in the, in the boss dressed everybody down about, you know, this abuse and that abuse and people are doing this and people are doing that and on and on and on and on and on. And everyone in the room knew that, it, okay, it's one or two, maybe three bad actors that are doing all of the things that you just cited. Why are you not taking those one or two or three people aside, addressing the situation with them instead of throwing cast of doubt over everybody? So I, I right. definitely understand your sentiment where it's coming from. Yeah, I mean, it's just, well, I mean, that's what I see anyway. I mean, with the judge, a priest, and a bishop by how well he's leading souls to Jesus Christ, and that's and that's pretty obvious by how many people are being baptized at that church. How many seminarians are, is that, how many, how many young men is, is that diocese sending to the seminary, you know, and, um, I mean, the, like we were talking about Bishop Strickland, and uh, I mean, he had one of the highest per capita um, young men going into the seminary than than you know, one of the highest per capita in America. You know, yeah. his his diocese yeah. was doing really well. Well, um, test for me is when I walk into a new parish, um, how long is the line to confession? Yeah, if if I can, if 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 there's only four people sitting in the chairs for confession, then I have concerns about that parish. But if I got to wait for 45 minutes to an hour to get into confession, that's that's a wait I'm willing to make because that says okay, 
this is uh, this is a parish that takes their faith seriously. Um, serious, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, and, and there's other things. I mean, like like I said, uh, I go back and forth between two churches, Terry, right now, and it's night and day between the two of them. At, at the second church that I go to, which is the church that's farther away, but when I go to that church, maybe one person, maybe two out of a hundred will receive communion in the hand. All right? At the first church that I go to, probably 95 out of 100 will receive communion in the hands. And, and, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to draw a conclusion from that, but I do. Well, yeah, I mean, the the reverence, I mean, how a person genuflects before the tabernacle, you know, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, hold on, John, I'm... (laughs) I'm not used to driving a two of F two fifty. This sucker is hard to park. <laughs> I got you. Well, I'll just say this where you're parking that where you're parking that vehicle, I'll say another thing. At the first parish they don't say the Saint Michael prayer after mass. The second one they do. Second one they do. Well, um I think I mean I agree with you, uh I think we do agree on a lot. Um, on the the, I think we both agree on on some of the 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 bad things that have happened in the Catholic Church uh, due to Pope Francis. Where we disagree on is the the underlying reasons, and and I can't say with a hundred percent because I'm not in the inner circle, and I'm just basing my um, conclusion. Off of the set of facts that I, I that I'm looking at, and um, that's fine. That's, that's fine, Terry. All I want to do though, I just just get to the next step and say that even if you are right, even if you are right, I'm hearing the echo. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm hearing the echo. I'm sorry. But uh, even if but even if you are right, even, God will protect His God, church. And that's and that's where I, my faith is. God will protect that. His church I, no matter what. I agree with that, uh, I agree with that. Um, now I've listened. And I've listened to some, some people who talk about the, uh, you know, the the third message of Fatima and uh, the end times, and I, I'm not sure about that. I'm not haven't made up my mind one way or the other on that. But uh, I do think that um, well, this whole this whole thing started based on uh, uh, you know what happened with uh, Bishop Strickland, and I know everybody quoted the uh, the video that Michael Lofton put out. Um, I've watched the video and I disagree a hundred percent with uh, with Michael Lofton. Um, I watched because these these uh those two speeches came out um kind of close to each other. The one where Father uh, uh, Altman came out and uh, basically basically said Pope Francis is is no longer the Pope. Um, and I was uh I, I I followed Father Altman up until he uh, made that uh 
that statement. Um, and then I listened to uh, Bishop Strickland, and uh, Bishop Strickland said uh, that Pope Francis was undermining the deposit of, of uh, faith, and um, that that was pretty much the extent of his disagreement with uh, Pope Francis. But never did he say Pope Francis was not the Pope. When Pope Francis uh, and the Vatican has 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 gone on record saying that this was an administrative uh, move, that it, it wasn't a, a, a punishment, that it was an administrative move. Clinton is basically a retired bishop now. Uh, but I mean, it's pretty obvious that it was in retaliation, even though the 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 Vatican hasn't said it is, um, and Bishop Strickland continually tells those who are praying for him to also pay, pray for Pope Francis. Um, but it was obviously a a, um, a, a retaliatory move uh, based on on what Bishop Strickland said about uh, Pope Francis undermining the deposit uh, of faith. Well. Like I said, I listen to um, and 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 I don't know. Um, by the way, um, Jackie, uh, Jack Forsyth, uh, well, thank you for um, joining the chat room. He's listening to us in the chat room, and and uh, William Hemsworth uh, messaged me that he's listening. So, uh, William, I'm I'm glad you're listening too. I, I I don't know. I know you said something about Michael Lofton all of. of being uh, always on Pope Francis' side, I, I don't know anything about Michael Lofton. This is my first exposure to him, so um, you know. But I did listen to the well, video. He's been asked, uh, he has been asked by uh, very publicly by uh, Virgin Most Powerful Radio and by uh, uh, Rules for Retrograde and a few other uh, more conservative Catholic sites. To come on to their show and 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 uh, and uh, and you know argue his side and he of course he hasn't you know accepted any of those. Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll extend that invitation as well if Mr. Lofton would like to come on to uh, our show um, and and enter into a discussion. I, I would love to hear it. Uh, that being said, um, I watched the video. I watched the Michael Lofton video and. I was very persuaded that uh, Bishop Strickland was, in fact, um, guilty of the things that he was accused of. So, um, you know, you and I watched the but same video, the came to it, came to a different take, and that's what fine. Is, uh, what was the accusation? The the Vatican has not made an accusation. Well, the 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 accusation is that Bishop Strickland associated directly and deliberately associated himself with the remarks of Bishop Snyder that A, Pope Francis was not the legitimate Pope, and B, he was, in fact, the Antichrist. That's what I heard. Okay. I heard that. So, uh, and, I, and I I looked that up, too, because he was, and I don't know that it was Bishop Snyder. I know there was uh, somebody saying that, that Pope Francis was not um, was not the Pope. And, it was. It was Bishop Snyder, and and then I, and Bishop Strickland didn't know that he had said that, so he had agreed 
to uh, uh, an interview or, or going on a show with the guy, but he came out with another statement once he realized that the guy was saying that Pope Francis is not Pope, and he said, "No, I, I can't. I cannot agree with that. Uh, I can't. I do not support that at all." Which which he showed by his actions when he was removed by Pope Francis. He, you know, no protest. He willingly walked out, and even to this day, he's 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 still asking people to pray for Pope Francis. Okay. Uh, he's me, never I'll, been I'll, a set of a conscience. I, I want you, I want to read the the particular scripture that Lofton was referring to, because Lofton asked a question that I think is a relevant question, uh, and 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 I have to agree that. Lofton makes a very persuasive argument here. And the, the scripture is Revelation chapter 17, verse 11. And this is as quote, this is from the RSV. And as for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth that belongs to the seven and it goes to perdition. This is a verse describing the Antichrist. And Bishop Strickland stated that he didn't know what it means. And to me, that stretched credibility, that a that a bishop of the Catholic Church would not know that Revelation seventeen eleven was about the um, was about the Antichrist. I, I didn't find that argument to be credible um, at, at all. But again, um, you know, I, I'm only speculating by what I see, just as you are. And um, now, at the end of the day, neither one of us can be absolutely sure of our position. But I think we agree on the most important thing. We've come to an agreement on the most important thing tonight, and that is Jesus Christ will defend his church. Come what may, Jesus Christ will defend our church. Let not your hearts be troubled. Do we agree on that? Yes, we do agree on that, yep. All I right. would like Amen. to read one thing before we before we close. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a show with um. Pat- Hello. I I don't even know who Patrick Coffin is. I, I think that's a different person than the other video that right. you've seen. Pat Patrick Coffin used to be the lead apologist for Cappy Answers. He's now a kind of an independent, has his own his own uh, apologetics. Uh, network he does syndicated shows or whatever and we've played some of his we haven't actually had him on here but we've played some of his material on here okay well is this is what um bishop strickland said he said um the 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 comment that got him in trouble um it was i believe pope francis is the pope but is it time for me to say did I reject his program of undermining the deposit of faith? And then he goes on to say, schismatic movements like SSPX or set of a conscious, however, however well-intended, are an injury to the body of Christ. We must fight for total unity, not just aspects of Catholicism. That was a direct quote from uh, Bishop Strickland. Terry, why don't you... Why don't you uh, end with a closing prayer? Sure, sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, my Jesus, forgive us of our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. 
and lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. Amen. Thank Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brother. Have a good night, and I'll catch you again next week. All right. Sounds good, man. God bless you. All right.